Oh, hello and good evening. Sorry, I don't know why I played that twice. It's a little bit of a slip of the finger there. Technology, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, good evening everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. I see the numbers are rising up in the uh, top corner there. Uh, don't forget, you can watch this on Facebook or YouTube. Don't forget to share this out to your friends. Uh, the more the merrier. And also don't forget that we are really active in the comments. So don't forget to say hello. Uh, in the comments uh, there on either Facebook or YouTube. It all shows up on my screen in front of me. Hello, Ned. Thanks for being uh, first online. Uh, I'm still trying to work out how to make you an admin in the comments, Ned, as you seem to be the most uh, prolific uh, commenter about. Uh, hello, Mark. Uh, thanks for joining us as well. And uh, yeah, look, we'll um, we'll slowly kick in. We'll start getting going on this. And we're going to have one uh, guest tonight, uh, a very important one. But uh, firstly, we'll just acknowledge a... Uh, um, a previous guest and that was uh trish who was on our first episode in regards to byd she was i asked her to come tonight last minute but she said she got covid but uh thankfully the dealer delivered the car to her uh, how nice is that of the dealer uh to uh do that so uh yeah um and i'm sure there's a few uh people out there now that are starting to get their byds so congratulations uh hello uh hurricane uh, and uh, Domindus, interesting name there. I'd be interested to know where that is if you want to comment and tell us. Um, yeah, now if we go, we'll go for one more name, and that is our panelist for the evening. And uh, that is another, I guess, automotive media y person. Uh, and, and somewhat, oh, Trisha, yeah, there we go. You're alive. Uh, and somewhat of a uh, legend in the New Zealand EV community for his conversions and also his content. And that is Gavin Shrewbridge. Thanks for joining us, Gavin, or Gav, as we're going to call you tonight. God, that's a bit of a hype. How can I live up to that? Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, how, how have you been lately? You're uh, fairly busy out there testing a few things and yeah. doing potentially no, dumb things really in busy. electric vehicles? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nothing intelligent. No, it's a, uh, it's a heady mix of infotainment and stupidity. It's keeping me busy. It's good. <laughs> what have you been driving lately that's interesting? Uh, uh, well, the most interesting thing I've been driving was what I was driving last week. That's the electric tugboat. That was definitely... They actually... I cannot say officially whether or not they let me drive it because that would be breaking maritime laws. <laughs> but if they did let me drive it, which they didn't, it was fantastic to be able to control the thrusters in theory. It was, you know, it was epic. You know, that, that's a real awesome machine. I'd love to talk about that in more detail, but it's... Uh, I could I could be talking about it for half an hour. It's it's, it's an awesome machine, fully electric tugboat. Well, well, you can, but let's uh, show this little uh, video clip you've sent me. Oh to, yeah, okay. Uh, pop up on the screen now, and you're welcome to talk over it and tell us, or, or listen to it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Play. I don't think it's got any audio, so let me just I'll just babble on. Yeah, babble on. <laughs> okay, so okay, I should I should address what's written on the back of my jacket is in Slovak. It stands for it, it means innocent bystander. Uh, <laughs> so this is Sparky, the electric tug. Uh, it's entirely battery powered, 2,780 kilowatt hours of battery packs right in that room there. Uh, two person crew, two giant motors, azimuth motors that spin around, those giant blue things in the background there, that's the engineer there. We got to climb all over the ship. We did donuts and uh, went nose to nose with uh, Hauraki, the diesel tug. And uh, then we did, uh, what was it called, a, a stern up flick, which is this thing where we spin the back around. Basically, this thing is, it's the perfect replacement for a diesel tug uh, because it'll do two or, th what was it, two hours, I think it was, uh, without, uh, on one charge, which is enough for three or four shipping runs. 
it's got accommodation, it's got washing machines, bathrooms, everything you need. It's got a galley. Honestly, I was seriously impressed by this machine. That just does everything you'd, you'd, you'd need a tug to do. Is it, is it just electric or has it got a, a, an engine on board as well to charge? Or no, It has a backup generator. Uh, and I asked the engineer, how often do the, the two diesel backup generators get used? And he said they haven't used them in two weeks. Uh, the only real reason they use them uh, is for emergencies or on the back of that vessel, there's a, there's a fire hose that they use for putting out fires or for when a ship comes through and they shoot that giant arc of water. Uh, that is powered direct drive off one of the diesel generators. So, uh, so to order to run that pump, they have to run the, the generator. But, uh, but otherwise, they don't use the engine at all. How, how do they normally charge it? It's got four CCS plugs, four times 350 kilowatts uh, in a, a box. That uh, you see, If you see the video, the full video, it's got a box that they pull over with a rope on an arm. It comes down, they open the latch, and inside are four CCS uh, cables. They plug them into four CCS plugs on the boat, and it charges in about one hour, 40 minutes. Uh, that's from wow. 20 to 90% full. Mm. So it's, uh, it's sucking down a lot of power. So they've got a couple, got a couple of hyperchargers at the... Uh... At the it's, yeah, it's, it's all inside a giant big green concrete room. We didn't go in there. So uh, <laughs> there's one thing, the only thing they couldn't really tell us, they were really open about everything, was the uh, the total price. That's a, that's a closely guarded secret. But they did tell me that it will pay itself off in about a decade. Wow, wow, that's that's pretty good. I, I guess they need the diesel generators on board because I imagine if they are fighting a, fighting a fire or something like that, you really don't want to be able to have to run back for charge so yeah that and if it's important. going long distance because it was built in vietnam and then mm. came down here i believe i think it came down here under its own power because it's a fairly sturdy mm. vessel uh and they had to use the diesel generators for that but uh um other than that for all it's around harbor running no diesel at all used it's all entirely battery powered just it's got four dc to dc converters on as well so it's uh oh it's brilliant it's absolutely what's surreal is that you get in there and you'll see this in the video. We pull away from the dock. This, the, the loudest thing is the air conditioning system. It's just, it's just <laughs> it's spooky. It's fantastic. It's really intoxicating, eh? It's great. The whole, everyone on board was just having a great time. They put up with all of my tugging and semen jokes as well. It was, it was brilliant. Great group, great group. <laughs> Which one won between the electric uh, tug and the diesel tug in a head-to-head? Well, it wasn't a head-to-head. I thought it was going to be, but it was more of a sort of like two pirouetting around each other. Um, uh. So it wasn't a head-to-head. Uh, it did look like it from outside, uh, but um, apparently the diesel has the, the pet, petrol. Electric has just as much power as the diesel one. They're they're, they're equal, so uh, mm. yeah, I don't think there'd be much of a match. But yeah, it was it was, and, it was good fun. And best way for people to watch that video, or for that matter, all of your videos. Um, the easiest way is just go to YouTube and type in Ecotricity. Mm. Uh, or if you want to be more specific for that one, Sparky is the name of the tug. So if you go to YouTube and type in Sparky, you will definitely find the video. It's, uh, it's awesome. a lot of fun, but I have warned you, there are some inappropriate puns in there. I grew up watching a lower low. So. <laughs> Careful, you're showing your age. You're showing your <laughs> age. Anyway, anyway, right. Well, uh, I've been out driving a few interesting things over the last week. Um, the most, One of the most interesting ones was a scooter. Um, I uh, did a bit of a roadie down the country in the BMW i4 M50, which, uh, of course, is a brilliant electric car. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to drive that yet, Gav. Not but, yet, um, not that one. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's about the only thing out there that's as quick as a Tesla Model 3 performance in that kind of price range. It's in the kind of same kind of ballpark uh, pricing as, as that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, that was a neat car. But what I was carrying in the boot was a Storm Rides Wolf 
something something GT <laughs> seventy two volt scooter. Um, it, it's uh, there'll be. I'll have a story coming out in the next issue of uh, EVs and Beyond, um, and that thing is mean. So this is a off road scooter. Uh, it um, can uh, go at up to a hundred kilometers an hour. Uh, they say if you if you feather it, you might actually get. 180k of range though even the distributor suggests that's a bit fanciful it's more that's more the manufacturer claiming that uh i'm a big lad and uh i managed to see without even really trying uh 75k an hour in control conditions of course uh on single on, on the top speed level so level five but in single motor mode so i was still only using really half of the potential uh, power uh this thing was crazy and it is it's a little bit raised off the ground uh i wish i'd loaded a phone onto the system it's uh remiss of me not to do so uh and uh yeah i was doing going over mountain bike tracks in it we were supposed to do the old coach road it was actually stopped from doing the old coach road simply by the fact that we didn't put knobbly tires on it first and the access way to the old coach road was wet grass uh -huh. so all the things it can do it got stopped by a small hill of wet grass um but it's, just no. it's dual motor dual motor Yep. I've ridden a couple of dual motor scooters now. I don't actually like the dual motor aspect. Um, I think even off-road, I feel more comfortable with rear-wheel drive uh, just because you can feel them a little bit more. You find them with the, the front-wheel drive on the scooters. I think it, it makes the front wheel a little less stable, um, but still heaps of heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of fun. Uh, yeah, no, really a really cool scooter, a lot of fun. And cool to see that there's other electric stuff coming through now that hopefully might you know take the place of other stuff and and while it's an off-road design machine with all that suspension and that kind of stuff the guy at, at uh, storm rides was saying that uh, they get a lot of people buying it who have big commutes so you know this is a bike that you could really easily cross auckland faster than a car in the morning using the bike lanes and going so, well, I've, I've not seen this machine is it a, a like a like a scooter Vespa scooter or like a moped or like no a, a stand-on scooter a stand-up oh scooter. god okay okay I had a different picture in my mind okay yeah. I was thinking, do you do you have a motorbike license I have a motorbike license as well yes oh wow okay um uh still pondering the offer from Harley Davidson to ride the uh ride their electric offering um not sure if I've quite got the skills for that but uh <laughs> yeah no this is literally like a not like it's not a lime scooter it's but it's I know um, what you mean. okay yeah yeah yes yeah. okay um, so dual motor and a lot of power but yeah slick tires exactly just <laughs> didn't it would, would have been foolish of me to try and do more <laughs> not without cameras rolling you need cameras rolling for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um but you can put knobbly tires on it they uh it does have those available i'm just going to see if i can actually upload okay. a file here so we can have a look while you're doing um, that let me just apologize for anyone that might hear a vague humming noise in the background that is the fan in my computer power supply tonight has just started going hmm. and i did i realized i'd make a terrible parent because you remember those ads i think it was back in the 90s that they said never shake a baby and here i am shaking the life out of my computer to try and make it quiet before we went live <laughs> so it turns out i'd make a terrible parent <laughs> <laughs> right well, well let's just see if i can get this technology to work and this may kick us all offline but let's see what okay. this does okay can anyone okay. see that yeah okay yeah yeah so that that's the beast it was so much fun really fun and uh yeah i mean sure i could have pedaled um but where's the fun in that but i think next time yeah. i'd go to an e-bike but yeah 
we'll we'll see. Uh, highly cool. recommend highly recommend the old coach road. Highly recommend Oakuni to anyone. You know, there's so much. It's so expensive to go to Queenstown now. Oakuni's pretty awesome. It's the poor man's Queenstown. Anyway, <laughs> I think they put it in the brochure, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now the other thing I've been driving is something that I picked up this afternoon, um, and I will again shove a wee video up there, and people can uh, check this out and. Afterwards, Gavin, I'll, I'll hook you up with the guys so you can trick, give this a try as well, maybe. All right, please do, yeah. Really quick rough video before I go live on the stream. This is what I've just brought home from Auckland. How's that for a cool That's right, car. it is the Aura Cat that I know a few people have been waiting for. Sorry if the sound's a bit windy here. Now, this is actually a pre-production car built in Germany, of all places, uh, in Frankfurt or something like that, Dusseldorf, I don't know. Uh, it is um, here on a dealer plate. It's got all sorts of paperwork to be here. It is a funky little thing. Uh, I can open the boot and show you what that is. Quite a big, big boot for a little bit hatchback. It looks like a little hatchback, but it seems a little more spacious than that. There's the back seat. Very funky green interior. And excusing my transport mess, there's the crazy interior. Yeah, quite a lot of retro cues. I mean, look at those HVAC things over there. Goldfish on the screen. So we'll have more on this later, but we'll discuss it on the stream. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that is a that's a a, a hand built pre production model uh, out of Germany. Strangely, um, it's a, a really cool little car. A little bit different. It's a looks like a small hatchback, and it is sort of. But interior space, it feels pretty big. Um, not quite maybe as spacious as um, uh, as a MG ZS, but certainly a lot more spacious inside than say a inside than say a Renault Zoe. And I kind of feel like it's going to fit the spot in the market where the Renault Zoe was. It but does, it's a lot cheaper. It does. If when I look at it, I think Renault that that boot, that big the donka donk on the back. You know, it's got that booty. Um, but it looks like a mixture of all different makes and models. That it's got that Hyundai Ionic EV6 dashboard with the displays. Um, but it's 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 really it's its own thing going on with the dashboard design. It's yeah, like and gold and pieces. Yeah, and and goldfish goldfish swimming across it so so what we know so far is they're looking at bringing at least two models into the country um the uh, first one's likely to be a version of that but with a glass roof and so forth with a 64 kilowatt hour battery so a fairly sizable battery um for about fifty thousand dollars we gather um that one that we're actually driving is actually got a um 50 kilowatt LFP battery, or just under 50 kilowatt LFP battery. And I'm actually trying to convince the distributor that that's the one to have, but maybe cheaper. Because I kind of feel like we've got enough cars that'll do the range now. We need some cheaper, not necessarily lower range, but medium size, you know, medium yeah. capable range cars. So I'm kind of hassling them to say, get something lower in the 40s with that 50 kilowatt battery. If you can do 50 grand for 64 kilowatts, surely you could do that. It also means we're really starting to see cars now drop under $1,000 per kilowatt hour in regards to the whole car. Um, and that's a that's a pretty cool point to break, I think, uh, shifting into that uh, um, that new kind of space. Uh, if we just duck across to the um, to the comments, ignoring ones that I'll cover later. Uh, need to see us. We, we do, we do. <laughs> um, 
So, uh, yeah, uh, Ned says, uh, Steve went for a burn on the back of a live wire and came back pale. Um, <laughs> Leon says, or a cat. Uh, Trisha says, is it the good cat aura or, or a cat? Uh, Warren says, aura is the brand model is the good cat. That's the, that, that's someone's got it right. Uh, great wall motor. Yep. Uh, it is part of great wall motor aura. Um, uh, Ned says goldfish like the Honda E. Um, yes, this is a lot more spacious than a Honda E a bit quicker and a heck of a lot more range. Uh, and Ned says, how fast does it charge? Has it got CCS? Yes, it's got CCS. How fast does it charge? I don't know. Um, the distributors have only tested it here on a 50 kilowatt unit. Uh, I'm going to go, I've deliberately run it down a little and I'm going to go check it on the ChargeNet uh, hypercharger out at Kaiwaka tomorrow and see what I can do with it in regards to uh, charging speed. But I understand it does charge faster than 50. Um, but of course, the tricky thing is that one is the 50 kilowatt LFP battery. So it's likely to charge slower than the 64 kilowatt production car that is set to come to New Zealand. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's a cool car. Interesting to see whether they can get it here and what the final price is and whether they can get that cheaper version. I've got to um, say that in the video, I absolutely loved your nails, by the way. It looked fantastic. <laughs> yes. Well, when you have a toddler and <laughs> she insists that mummy paints her nails and then mummy paints daddy's nails, you get your nails painted. You, yep. You'll learn one day. <laughs> Dad, 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 dad's out there. Comment if you understand. Comment right. if you understand. The, the nails gonna... were an interesting addition to the boys' trip, though. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to point out: you mentioned if there's any cars, anything interesting I've driven. I haven't driven anything, you know, other than the, the tug, remarkable. But I did take a, a Tesla last week from Wellington to Auckland. Now, this is not going to be anything interesting for anyone that's already done this journey. You've already done this journey. I'd never driven that far on a Tesla before. I'd never taken one long distance. So I wanted to see, I took one of the cars from Go Rentals, the Tesla Model 3s, to go from Wellington to Auckland, not to see how fast I can do it, because I don't know what my time should be, but to see how easy it is. And uh, that was that was interesting. I didn't expect it to be, I know obviously I'm a proponent, proponent of electric cars, I love them, but I didn't expect it to be that easy. I thought mm -hmm. there would be at least some waiting around in the car, no. No, it was it was it was brilliant. My my so. take on the on the long trips and and look, people can jump onto the EVs and Bond YouTube channel and see some of my longer trips before. And to answer a question uh, from uh, someone earlier on in regards to when is my BYD long range video test video coming out, I know it's late, but I put out another. I put out the delivery video last week, and it's just gone so crazy. I think we're forty something thousand views now that we figured we'd wait a little, plus it's been taken a long time to cut that up. There was a lot of footage, as I'm sure Gav can appreciate from his oh, trip. it takes forever. Do you find that per minute of actual finished video is an hour of editing, sound adjustment, cutting, copying, pasting, cleaning up? Well, well I, I'm, I'm unlucky that I don't have someone paying me just to do videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> no, no, you're, I, I, I think I'd rather be in your position, to be honest, because... Yeah, I've got to kind of squeeze it in late at night between other things. And uh, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah, it yeah, certainly yeah. takes some time. I think it's why mine are quite a bit rougher than yours. Rougher. I wouldn't say that. Um, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, interest interestingly, just touching on videos. I know you may, I'm not sure if you've ever had this before, Gav, but someone has lifted our BYD um, uh, delivery video, revoiced it in Chinese and slightly recut it and put it on Baidu. And it was going crazy. It had a couple of thousand likes and it had 
heaps of comments. I couldn't read or understand any of it. Yeah, but uh, that's, yeah, that's about right. I think uh, copyright infringement doesn't translate well into Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Uh, it's uh. It, it's it's funny. Uh, back to the comments. Um. Mark Jacker Jackerman. Yep. He gets the nails. Uh, Trisha, <laughs> your painted nails would suit the Aura Cat. Yes. Well, they're kind of pink. They should be in green, I think, to match. Uh, Margaret Baker's asking what time I'll be at Kaiwaka. Um, I will. I could probably mention that on Facebook if I manage to work out the time. Um, I need to go a bit of a loop and burn off a bit more battery, I think. Uh, Michael says only uh, off only if you like the pink nails. I think they'll look pretty snazzy. Uh, and um, Stephen Baxter says at 19 months old, I'm doing ponytails, not up to nail painting yet. Um, I do not have the hair for a ponytail. <laughs> uh, right. Now, this is all dragged on uh, long. We will go back to another of your vehicle drives when we get to the end. Uh, but let's run through some news for the day, he says, rushing to find his terrible, terrible stings. It's still super cheesy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh, cheesy, yeah. I don't know if I want to replace it. I no, had great no, intentions. No, 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 don't change it. Don't leave it. Make it, no, exactly. make, make it cheesier if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> let's start with some excellent news, particularly for road trips. Uh, anyway, just going back to what you're saying, yeah. I, I swear I'd, I'd spend more time normally eating, running around, taking a break than I would actually charging. Um, the... Uh, $4.8 million extra has been pledged for EV charges by the government. Further funds to help uh, buy EVs installed charging infrastructure has been announced. Climate Change Minister James Shaw has allocated another $4.8 million from the government's $220 million state sector decarbonisation fund to fund fund to purchase more EVs and energy efficient lighting. It includes $1.467 million to the Department of Internal Affairs for EVs and to install charging infrastructure for 48 vehicles. Uh, the department will put... 1.659 million from its own budget. Uh, the purchase is expected to reduce carbon emissions by about 709 tons over 10 years. I actually saw the other day on social media uh, that uh, Hyundai New Zealand was training, starting to train the Department of Internal Affairs on those cars. Um, pretty important uh, to do the training attached to that. Now, interestingly, part of the various bits of funding that's at the moment out there is the government's and talk with charging providers about the uh, development of a charging hub as an experiment. So they're working out where that's going to be. I've, I had a chat with someone over the weekend about a few ideas of what they, where that could be, but we're talking about big service station style thing, roof over the top, lots and lots of charges like we see in Norway. That would have made your, your trip maybe a little easier, Gab? Oh, I would have liked that. Yeah. Well, the, the, charging, the charging from Wellington to Auckland is a piece of cake. The Tesla chargers, mm. of course, you can use charging it as well, but the Tesla superchargers, never seen a queue, just rock on up, plug in. And by the time I've gone and used the facilities, come back, it's already put in 30-odd percent battery into the car. So I thought, well, that's enough. So unplug and carry on. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. But I love the idea of a charging hub. That's yeah. brilliant because then you could talk. You know, Did you find that when you're charging your electric car, you, you can't help but chat to the person next to you and you end up, because everyone's got a different electric car now, end up looking at each other's cars and explaining, and someone's got some feature or gadget, like, you know, once there was a Tesla there that had remote control bonnet that lifted up. And of course, you wanted to show that off, took videos. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of a communal thing, unless it's raining. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> now the question is where we'd put them and i'd love to hear in the comments where people think the first charging hub or multiple charging hubs uh should go uh, I, my idea is that they should put it probably at about para para umu or something off the fr off the motorway for a couple of reasons one it would just simply be handy to have something in that area but two any of the politicians being forced to drive an ev and i think they've got some mgzs in the government fleet now that the mps can drive when they're driving out of wellington perfect location and uh you know you've got lease that can't do transmission gully well they can charge up now at para para umu and the other evs can run straight down to there where i would like them further north is is uh probably bulls which is where we're getting a big round of hypercharges to and tirao tirao is my favorite place in the north island of charge it's such a great location because it's just after you get off the waikato expressway which is at 110k an hour is a bit of an energy hog uh and then from there you can split to go to telpo you can split to go to Rotorua or, or further and you know further afield onto Napier and so forth anywhere you'd like to see a charging hub go Gav other than outside your front door well yeah that would be my first guess um logic dictates because I'm an Aucklander and therefore nothing else in New Zealand exists that it would kind of make sense to be somewhere for me in the city or on the in the suburbs like on an arterial route but then of course everyone in Auckland's already charging at home or most of them are anyway so that's kind of like it's only good for visitors yeah, so we don't I need charges in Auckland. I would go somewhere, arterial route for sure, maybe just south of Hamilton. Not in Hamilton yep. because driving in Hamilton is a nightmare. Well, that's um, that's T-Rail. T-Rail is just off the motorway south right. of Hamilton. Yeah. All right, whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ned, uh, Ned uh, Van Giffen says, uh, where are we? Just off the new Hamilton bypass? Yes. T-Rail. T Rao, government, listen. T Rao, charge net if you're listening. Next hypercharges, T Rao. The 50 kilowatts there are great hypercharges. Um, Ross, uh, Ross, uh, welcome, says love one in Christchurch. Very cool, but I think you, you need to think outside the cities for these. So I think we've seen some charger congestion further up the country for people to drive around from Kaikoura, around Kaikoura to get back to Nelson. Type. Think somewhere in that kind of thing, I think. I don't know. Uh, Trisha Hudson says yes T-Rail um, Ned says bit further north than T-Rail though it's too close to Talpo for a 40 kilowatt needs something around east south Hamilton uh, yeah I guess so I guess so um, Talpuri hub just off the expressway yep I, I like I like Talpuri because um, you got Taco Bell <laughs> uh, Mark Smith says not in shopping mills those ones are a pain in the ass yes absolutely agree with Mark definitely <laughs> definitely and great in theory if you just got one or two cars but if you want a hub no way no chance yeah. no chance Jonathan Goodall says Picton yep yeah. uh, Mark Beckingham says hi uh, Richard I gave a big gave I'm late to the party that's all right better late than never <laughs> uh, Mark Jackman says Taipei Taipei would be good yep I think Taipei would be good kind of just before the big climb uh, Hurricane uh, James says T-Rail. Uh, Jonathan Goodall says Coomera Junction. That's the one I was thinking was in the South Island. Um, that would be one of the great uh, spots. And uh, Ned says Cheesy Beef Burrito. Well, they're doing a, they do a lunch special that they do all day at the moment. You get a Cheesy Beef Burrito, chips, cheese sauce, a drink, and a Chocodilla, Ned. There you go, for 10 bucks. 10 bucks. I think you're right. I'm just looking at the map now of what is around T-Rail and yeah that's that seems like a good spot it's the distance it's, from Cambridge and Tokoroa that's that's not a bad spot yeah 
Paul O'Connor says Kaikoura. Yep, definitely. Oh, definitely think hyperchargers need to go on at Kaikoura, Paul. Um, such a good location for once you're off the ferry, you know, particularly if you've charged up in Hamilton. Um, Ross Walkman says uh, Omaru is a great place. Usually need lunch by then. Exactly. Right. Well, I, I who knows? Uh, hopefully there's politicians listening uh, amongst the people on this. Uh, definitely I hope someone from ChargeNet is. And uh, we've just given you the list of where your, char- your uh, hyperchargers need to go next. Exactly. Done your job for you. And yeah. The cheesy beef burrito, is that from Taco Bell? Yes. It's one of the many. Del- okay. I, I'm, I'm not a huge Mexican food fan because it all it looks like someone's already eaten it. But it, the Taco Bell Mexican is kind of, you know, it's, it's palatable. Uh, it's it's <laughs> terrible. but <laughs> that's, that's probably why terrible. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, quesadillas, man, quesadillas. If anyone's ever up in Mungify, where we have some great charging around us, if I may add, uh, there's a great little uh, Mexican restaurant hill called Gringas here. Highly recommend. I'm trying to campaign for a charger outside. <laughs> right, now, our next story is the Rivian R1S has been seen in New Zealand and US customer deliveries have started. A Rivian R1S SUV has been spotted in Christchurch, but few details are available. It was among three Rivian R1Ss in EVs and camouflage wrapping reportedly to come from Otago, so it's likely we've been doing winter testing of the Enduro powertrain. Um, now, my talking points here ask if there's any speculative update on whether Rivian's coming to New Zealand. I think uh, I think we might uh, be lucky to see Rivian leaving America at all at this stage. I think they're really struggling to in a bit of production hell. Um I can't see this generation of Rivians making it to New Zealand anytime soon. I don't know if you what your thoughts are on it, Gav, but no, or if no, anyone it's... else in the comments has any has any thoughts, but well, they we just don't seem know to be yet, even if, if even if they do we can only hypothesize, but but ah uh, yeah. It's a it's a busy market and that's not gonna be a cheap vehicle. No, no. I mean that that R one is just sitting there. There, I would suggest by the time it lands in New Zealand, it's going to be north of two hundred thousand dollars. I know there's been talk of it being like a you know the pickup truck being one hundred and fifty. It's not. It's just not. <laughs> yeah, this this is a car that competes. That's going to compete with the Model X in America. Um, and yeah, it's it's a very cool vehicle. I would love desperately to drive one. But uh, what do you think on the styling compared to the um, the, the pickup truck? I, I think it looks cool. I really like the um, the vehicles where they've taken a Ute and kind of chucked a hatch on the back. Um, oh, have, have you seen the the Jeep? Is it Gladiator, Gladiola, whatever it is? That's um, that's it's, it's, it's a Jeep turned into a pickup truck. They're, they're everywhere yeah, yeah. in the USA. Yeah, it's it's but, kind of oh, it's you know, it's kind of like someone took a Hilux in a Jeep and described the joining the two over the phone. It's 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 really very long. It's um it's long yeah. and and uh, weirdly shaped. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think the Rivian's cool, but I just I'm trying not to get too excited because it's just not going to make it here yeah. anytime soon. I think we're more likely to see perhaps some General Motors electric product or some Ford electric product before we see. So that. okay, so one question because you're you're the uh, logistics expert here. Why test the car in winter here rather than just wait? until winter in the usa is it is it that press for time yeah well if you're talking about development a six month delay could be you know a lot could be billions and billions of dollars of missed orders mm-hmm. uh, and they'll be down here fine-tuning things in a particular way i've been up the uh, facility up at the snow farm in the south island a number of times now it is a world-class facility it's not just a patch of snow they've got racing tracks and skid pans and yeah. sheds with ice they've got high they've got high-speed charges up there um 
it's uh it's a really cool spot and uh yeah it's really become a kind of the other side of of world uh vehicle testing the industry just can't afford to lose half a year um and uh i guess the the window for them testing in north america is pretty small um so yeah chucking on a plane down here and mm. i imagine the couple hundred grand it takes to fly a few down and fly some staff down is a heck of a lot cheaper than it is to wait to I calibrate suppose, yeah. something that or fix sense. something yeah um so yeah it's it's a, a tricky one um the and of course we've seen multiple teslas down here before we've seen evs from other brands uh i was up there about four years ago when i saw the mule for the mx30 driving right up there um would it so, not be easier uh, yeah. to logistically to put it on trucks and take it down to the south america in winter well i'm not sure if they've got a custom built facility like that down no, in yeah, south america yeah 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 um so if I just we... look at the price of shipping with the NZ Post. I think, wow, shipping a Rivian's got to be expensive. Well, they're flying these things most of the time. Oh, they're actually flying, yeah. really? I was being yeah. stupid. Okay. I realize they're actually flying yeah. them down. No, this, wow. is, this is time pressure. This is Time pressure wow. is why they bring them down here, I think, to an extent. Uh, and also, as I said, the facility in New Zealand is just really good. They can live. They can test all on the same site. It's a cool uh, a cool facility. Um, How's if the we weather been treated in there? Because this, this winter's been weird. Been terrible in the North Island, but the snow in the South Island has been really good this year. Oh, we have a South Island. Yeah. Sorry, from Auckland. They've got EV, they've got EV charging down there as well. Good EV charging. Um, just going back to the comments, uh, hearing lots of good stuff about Gringas, uh, the restaurant in Mungify, um, and hearing how wonderful Mungify is to live from uh, Mark Smith. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Paul O'Connor says, Rivian wouldn't be here if ever for years. Uh, Margaret Baker says, it's not a bad place to drive a taxi. Um <laughs> We did actually test. So, so to give people context to that, I uh, formerly owned the tech, the taxi company in Mangafai, and we did actually test an electric taxi here. Uh, really? But Margaret Margaret Baker is one of the first uh, EV taxi drivers in New Zealand. Not here, but uh, up in Whangarei. Um, Mark Smith says, "I have one thousandth of a Rivian share. Someone please buy the car so I can <laughs> make something." Well, you see, in a similar vein, of course, with the shares, but I've gone from having one thousandth of a single share. Uh, in Tesla, they're having three one thousandth of oh, right. a share. Yeah, it's your share. Uh, Leon says the Neo ET7 also got tested in New Zealand. Yep, it totally did. We've we covered that uh, in the magazine before. Uh, Mark Buckingham says the Southern he uh, Hemisphere Proving Grounds, which is the, what the testing thing, has a V3 supercharger, and it was here before most of the others. Is oh, um, that what SHPG means? Okay. Yes, I have a funny feeling, and I may be wrong, that. Um, Porsche actually had ChargeNet put some charging up there prior to the supercharger arriving, but I may be wrong on that. Um, Margaret Baker says, the first. She was the first EV taxi driver in the country. Yeah. Now, let's go from a vehicle that we can lust over but can't have to a vehicle that you can go and plonk your money on now. Uh, and that is the high-performance Kia EV6 GT, which is arriving in 2023. Kia New Zealand's announced is now taking orders through dealerships for the $139,990 EV6 GT for customer delivery into early 2023. The new flagship EV6 GT brings supercar performance to zero emissions motoring, according to the manufacturer, provides 430 kilowatts and 740 newton meters of electric power and more than 440, uh, 424 kilometers of driving range, which can be topped up uh, quickly thanks to its 800 volt charging technology. This is one quick car. I have seen a video 
on the internet of this thing doing smoky big burnouts. So I'm not sure if Adam Metal Bob is in the crowd. But <laughs> yes, it does burnouts, Adam. Uh, and uh, yeah, that is a pretty cool car. I'm pretty sure I actually saw one on a truck the other day. There may be some here. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but you've driven the, the uh, EV6 uh, as well, haven't you, Gav? It's, it's a yeah, pretty yeah, cool yeah. car. It is a very cool car. I, um, it, it's one of those cars that, I mean, looking at that angle now, it looks like it's moving when it's not. It's got, it's just, it looks really swish, really sleek. It's like it did its hair in, on a windy day. It looks wicked. I like it. That being said, if I had to choose between the Ionic 5 and the EV6 purely based on looks, I'd just take the, the Ionic 5 just because I like it. the Tron looking thing. It just looks radical. But that's very cool. Yeah, but I guess if you're going to do a performance one, the EV6 is the one to do. It does seem oh, to yeah. have the crisper chassis get up slightly shorter on the wheelbase. Um, yeah, it's 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 neat. I guess the question is, is it worth you know going a Kia over say a Model Three Performance or a BMW uh, uh, well, i4 M50? They're all kind of in the same kind of budget ballpark. The only thing I can think of that has over the the model three is definitely bucket loads more legroom in the back mm. so if you've got very large children then that would be <laughs> the thing to go with yeah but otherwise yeah. yeah yeah you take those three cars and it's um they're all kind of in that that same kind of performance range i think the bmw is 370 kilowatts and 750 newton meters i can't remember off the top of my head what the tesla is but you know they're all in that mid three kind of zero to 100 range um it's great that we've got options there i'm not going to say which one's better or which one's not or, or thing but you know it's great that we've got options there i guess um now on to the next one and that's the got a picture of the aura cat at the end but that's because it's going to go on show in christchurch so 50 plus bevs uh going on show in uh christchurch the aura good cat tesla model y byd ghetto 3 lev ev t60 ute and other electric offerings from about 20 car brands, including Audi, BMW, Hyundai, Ford, and Nissan will be among more than 50 battery electric vehicles on show at a two-day Christchurch Expo. The Take Charge Christchurch Christchurch Expo has been organised by the Christchurch City Council at the city's Tepai Convention Centre on September 17 and 18 and is free to the public. Um... It's pretty cool that so much effort's being put into getting these EVs out there for people to look at. I know we've just had an event up in Christchurch, uh, sorry, in Whangarei, um, and I'm sure someone might jump into the comments and tell me how that went, uh, where we had the, they had the 803 and the Ute against. That Ute is really getting around the country at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's great to see this. I think there's a uh, an Auckland meetup coming up as well. Uh, if you are organizing a meetup, don't forget to let us know. So email jeff at automediagroup.co.nz. I can see why you're giggling. There. <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, and send us the details and we'll promote it through the magazine, the website, and through the live stream. And uh, if you're lucky, we may even try and turn up with something uh, to drive if I can get my child out of bed in time in the morning. Uh, do you do you get out to any of these events? I saw you took your Allegro to a to a car <laughs> the other day, but not um, quite yeah, because it turns out my my uncle actually uh, organises it. He's the head organiser. I, I met with him the night before the um, coffee and cars event at Mount Spart Stadium, and he's got an Impala and he's you know big petrol head, and um, not an electric car fan, but he has bought a a, a hybrid. So I, he, I'm pushing him in the right direction. 
Um, and he said that, um, you yeah, should bring your car along. And I said, that? Austin Allegro? And he said, yeah, there's lots of British pieces there. And I thought, <laughs> all right. So I woke up. I thought, okay, yeah, it's going to be muscle cars. I'll take that British turd along and see what happens. A lot of people were looking at it. I was blown away. And I was actually standing about 30, 40 meters away in the shade on my phone. And someone walked past and they were looking at it and they didn't know I was the owner. And he walked past and he said, ah, oh, it's an Allegro. Well, they were ugly then, they're ugly now, but they are a classic. So <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> um, but yeah, to answer your question, I um, I would love to get to more of these events. That's why I've just been busily scribbling that down. The, uh, was it 17th of uh, February? September. Uh, September, September? Yeah. 17th of September, okay. That would be Find cool. it all on evsandbeyond.co.nz. We'll go back to the comments briefly. Um, Ned, and I guess he's talking about the uh, Kia, says, what a crazy amount of money, right? Well, it is, Ned. But think about what people have paid through your through dealership you work at for things like Honda E's. Uh, and then look at what you're getting, I guess, is probably the thing. Uh, he'd also take the iconic, not a fan of the taillights. Uh, Interesting. Mark, okay. Mark Buckingham says, Ionic 5N. Yep. Um, Dave. <laughs> I'm not even saying that one. <laughs> uh, I'm so surprised Ecotricity let me get away with that. I thought that well, those lines are going to be for the chopping block. They're a Mr. Good <laughs> Mr. Comment section, Ned also says, yes, please, Envision. Um, Paul O'Connor says, uh, the Christchurch City Council probably have put the show in the cycle way. I'm sure there's some background <laughs> there. Uh, and Margaret Baker says, lots of interest in the Uten Whangarei. Several people who had BYD and Model Ys on order, a great morning. And it is, look, it's great when people can do stuff, particularly in the regional centres, because it's not always easy for these people to get down to the dealerships in Auckland or the bigger cities to uh, see them. So good work for those people who get up on a chilly morning and, uh, and roll your cars out there. Um, now, we are going to go on to a topic that I know there's a few people in the room wanting to hear, maybe a few Australians jealously waiting to see our details, and that is uh, the absolute catastrophic failure in communications, or whatever the heck it is, in Australia with uh, BYD and their warranties. And let's be clear, this isn't the company that's distributing in uh, BYD in New Zealand, we'll get to that in a second, but I'm not sure if people have been keeping an eye on uh, what's going on in Australia. Uh, the summary being that uh, BYD, uh, well, the distributor of the EV Direct, um, which is now calling itself BYD Australia, uh, they implied certain things when people posted, uh, placed orders for their vehicles earlier on, things around the warranty, being certain terms. Um, it, it, I won't go into the exact details of exactly what they promised, but uh, it was certainly longer than what has ended up being. So discussion around price, discussion around guaranteeing the car has an NCAT 5-star, which we still don't know yet, all sorts of things, uh, and it would appear poor communication, and the market over there is somewhat turning on them. Uh, the latest being when they release details of the, finance, of the service pricing uh, and of the uh, warranty that things were not particularly as people were expecting. So, for example, the servicing is... Uh, at a price where I think it works out to be about $3,500 over six years. Uh, and we've discussed this previously in previous in the last uh, session. Um, we can get into the debate about whether EVs need to be serviced or not, etc., etc. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's been absolutely nuts over there. To the point now where we have people who are cancelling and encouraging other people to cancel, other people to cancel. 
So we now have in Australia a uh, petition that 939 people have signed asking for EV Direct to honour the original sessions around the warranty. Um, we have people posting up online uh, their cancellation wow. conf uh, confirmations uh, and their new Model Y orders because they've decided to cancel their orders. Um, I don't know if these are people that ever would have gone ahead with their that's order true, or not. That's true. Um, but they're getting pretty crazy over there. We're getting people running conspiracy, we're writing long conspiracy theories about why they think the pricing is conspiracy so high theories. and so forth. On the internet, <laughs> in 2022, outrageous. Don't believe it. But the, the question is, do they have something to complain about? Uh, now, if I go over here to New Zealand, this is the New Zealand warranty. So they have a traction battery warranty of eight years, 160,000 kilometers. And to trigger that, you've got to, I think you fall under 70% state of health. Right. Uh, the drive unit, eight years, 150,000 kilometers, uh, pretty comprehensive there. Uh, all parts uh, of the complete vehicle except the parts listed above, six years, 150,000 kilometers. So essentially you can say it's a six-year bumper-to-bumper warranty with some extensions. Nice and simple, easy right. to market. Uh, and uh, um, uh, a good rounded warranty. I think it's that's a lot less red tape than a lot of them out there. You see a lot of these longer warranties, they do have a lot of fish hooks in them, that one's pretty clear. This is a very, and I've, I've taken this from the, uh, from the uh, Australian uh, BYD owners page, uh, a very simplified version of the structure of the Australian warranty. So the traction battery is, battery is eight years, the drive unit is eight years, um, the uh, vehicle, the lights and tire monitoring module, suspension of ball joints, four years, 100,000K. The multimedia system, shock absorber belt, dust cover, brushing or gasket, release bearing, wheel, be wheel bearing, PM 2.5 measuring instrument, ACDC charging port assembly, USB charging port connector, three years, 60,000 kilometers. So after three, three years or just 60,000 kilometers, your ACDC charging port is out of warranty. Just think about that for a second. Um, the lead a battery, one year, I kind of get that. Uh, air conditioner filters, uh, button battery, brake pad, clutch disc, tire, wiper blade assembly, bulbs, fuse, ordinary ordinary relay, excluding integrated control unit, six months. Wait, what? I, I thought that was six years. Six months. Six months. Um, and I'm trying to work out where the car has a clutch, but maybe it does. Maybe, maybe it does. it's a clutch in the air conditioning or something. It's, no, well, that, I think... that would make sense. Would be, no. Yeah. They don't have clutches um, in electric air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, all other parts uh, of complete vehicles except the parts listed above uh, are six years, 150,000 kilometers. Now, my understanding was people were originally expecting uh, eight years on the car or seven years on the car and it would be quite more comprehensive. So this isn't just a case of they've shrunk it to six years. They've gutted it, absolutely gutted it and taken out so many things, which is so important. And on top of that, they've reduced roadside assistance to one year, only one year of roadside assistance. So, what does that mean? It means what, how little faith do they have in Australia in their product? There's so many questions going out that why they do it. Some of the theories are that you know they've got this complicated structure in Australia. I think, and I don't think it comes from a place of bad intention or whether it's come from a case of just misunderstanding the industry. You know, we we spoke with Luke Todd very early on in the piece um, in regards to. Uh, the how they were going to do things and they, he was very bullish about it. it's going to be like you know not like tesla but you know in that kind of direct frame all these savings the prices could be lower so on and so forth that's all going to well but 
Tesla broke a lot of eggs to get their system up and running. They pissed off a lot of people. Um, and they had the passion from people and the, I think, you know, first mover ability to do that. Yeah. BYD doesn't have that. And so what EV Direct have had to do is bring in partners. They bought in MyCar, who are a vehicle servicing network. They bought in a, um, Eagers Group, who are a large dealer network, who've taken a, uh, I think, 49% share in the company in order to be able to deliver and sell these vehicles. But that doesn't come for free. So while, you, while they may have originally had that idea of that you can bring those cars and sell them direct, save all this money and deliver them, uh, the reality in the world of distributorship is just not true. And I've got to, look, people know we're, well, we're good friends with Warren Walmart here, who's the uh, brand manager for BYD in New Zealand, uh, for the Atiko Group. Um, so to be clear, we are friends with Warren Walmart, but you... I think anyone here would agree BYD New Zealand has done a really good job. They've generally overpromised, sorry, underpromised and overdelivered. Um, they've kept that warranty intact. They've, you know, there's been some arguments that maybe the pricing was a little high, but I think you're getting a far smoother experience for your pricing. Uh, and I also, I've noted that some people in Australia were saying they probably would have rather had that the car was just $3,000 more expensive in the first place than have. Uh, um, uh, all the little added issues they're having now with the distri- distribution. So yeah, it's 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 interesting. The me the some of the you know EV media over there is turning on them a little bit. Driven.io has been running some stories indicating that there's issues there. Um, the Electric Viking has been very loud in his uh, uh, um, exasperation at what BYD's been up to, and I believe he's cancelled his order. Uh, we spoke to Luke Todd uh, recently about it. He suggested that they've had very few or, or pretty much no cancelled orders at the time we've spoken to him. That appears to not be the case now, uh, to the point where we're seeing people note they're actually getting their paid-out deposits refunded back. Um, and he stands by what they've done. Um, I don't I don't know where this is going to go. I think uh, they're certainly going to lose some of those some of those early adopters they would have picked up and had long time BYD customers. Um, yeah, it's uh, you got any thoughts as to why this is just going so hard? And, and look, it's a terrible move in Australia where EVs are on such a fragile footing anyway. They are, they really are. Now, I think, like, yeah. like you said, um, BYD in New Zealand they seem to have done everything right. And unlike you, I have no friends at BYD, so, so mm. it doesn't affect me to say that, uh, mm. but. What's happening in Australia is bizarre because, like you say, this is the time where you want to do everything right because the Australians want electric cars for whatever reason, for probably many very good reasons. They haven't had electric cars in great numbers like we've had in New Zealand. So you'd want to do everything right and not piss off customers early on before you're even starting to you know, make sizable deliveries. And this could really damage the reputation long term. And this is going to be things when, when you're at the bar in Australia and you're cracking open a 4X or whatever they do over there drinking cold juice and you want to talk about electric cars that will come up oh yeah but there's warranties that's going to come up it's going to be one of those sticking points mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's interesting and i think byd and china are going to be looking closely at the situation i know people have been directly messaging byd's global social media presence emailing where they can find details i believe china uh, as well um it's just it's just not a good look at all Luckily for people in New Zealand, the situation is, well, some would argue not quite perfect in regards to servicing, uh, a lot uh, different. Um, so I did get the 
had a hint dropped me today that there will be service plans released in the next coming coming days nationwide for BYD. Uh, we do know that uh, some dealers have done that already and that we've seen uh, Andrew Sims put out a package, um, Euromark put out a package. Uh, we've now confirmed there will be nationwide packages. Part of those nationwide packages, and I, I noticed it was said packages that I was told, but there will be a three-year 799 package, uh, which I think is a pretty good figure. You do need to get your EV service people, no matter what people some people say uh, in the comment section on Facebook. Uh, there is some work that needs to be done, and I think $799 for three years of motoring is not a bad wee number. Um, uh, yeah, so so there will be more information coming out, but there will be a nationwide $799 service plan. I know. What's no. four, four, four tanks of gas. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, if we uh, if we go through the comments now, because there's certainly some interesting stuff popping up here. Um, uh, Martin uh, says, uh, thanks for mentioning the debacle in Oz, Richard. Um, says, I signed the position, but I'm still going ahead with the order at the moment. I think that's the way a lot of people are. They're unhappy, but they still think the car is worth it. Uh, Paul says, Australia, who would have thought? Yeah. Um, Mark Buckingham says, 60,000 kilometers is one year for some. Yes, that is. Yes, but for Mark true. Buckingham, that's, that's six months. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, Song for Guy once says, beats me how a warranty can vary from country to country. It is actually not unusual for warranties and prices to vary from country to country. But more often than not, New Zealand has shorter warranties than Australia because we're arguably a less competitive market in the area where people are worried about warranties. Um, people here are, if you're buying a new car in New Zealand up until kind of EVs, you were generally buying it because you could afford it and you weren't that worried about the rest of it. Um, or you're a fleet which a lot of the time have different warranty terms and conditions anyway. Uh, so most warranties have been longer in Australia, and the argument with that goes is, you know, we give the warranty that's competitive in the market. So they're more of a competitive... T and I think it's a valid thing to, to, to note here. Warranties, by and large, are not related to what they think the vehicle is going to be like in the long run. It's based on what they think is going to be best for marketing the vehicle. And the prime example of that is, say, a brand like, you know... Some of the Chinese brands, MG and so forth. Now, I'm not going to challenge their reliability, but the argument goes is that they have a perception uh, that they are likely to need more maintenance work or more repair work or, or have higher faults. Um, but those companies, even though they may carry a slightly higher cost of doing it, will put bigger warranties on because it's a great marketing tool. It's a great way to give Absolutely. people confidence in the brand. So it's more about marketing. MG warranty. Just yeah. Away. What was it, seven years? Mm. I think yeah. Incredible. It's a, it's a really good warranty. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, crazy on that will be it. My one was bought just before the long warranty came out. <sighs> I got the battery warranty, but not the car warranty. Oh, that's okay. Um, that's the important part. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, Paul O'Connor says, 60,000 for very few. Uh, he says, Why, were they the Holden distributor and just copied and pasted the other warranty? <laughs> no. Um, Trisha says, compare that to my buying experience in New Zealand. I could, couldn't pick up the car and my dealer in Hamilton delivered the car to my house in Tauranga today. Sorry, Australia. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Steve Harbour says, I think there is a silent, significant silent majority who are quietly waiting for our cars. Um, even that's a bit of a sticking point though, isn't it? And, and look, it's great that people are just getting past this and understanding that it is what it is and being good with the brand. But... I feel for you guys, you're waiting far longer than you were expected to to have to uh, get your car. Um, 
Mark uh, Jackman says, would it be nice to get a box of merch like that in Auckland? Wait, um, what's the merch? So I think some of the dealers uh, will provide merchandise with the uh, car when you pick it up. I certainly know, uh, yeah, some people have got it with their VUA. When we bought our MG, we got merch with that. Um, it's always a nice touch. Um, yeah. And I've actually reinforced the dealers that I think giving people the full new car experience when they're buying an EV, or these EVs like these BYDs or Model 3s, is really important because uh, it's... Um, uh, the first time a lot of these people are buying a new car, so you want to make them feel make it feel as special as possible, uh, I think. And uh, so far, from what I've seen, BYD dealers in New Zealand are doing a good job of that. Shadow um, Three says, "Remember, people complaining about a few thousand uh, dollars extra cost here in New Zealand looks like it was probably worth it in the long run." Exactly, exactly. You get what you pay for, and it was barely a couple of thousand dollars by the time you worked out the taxes and everything. Uh, Trish Hudson says cap, picnic, blanket, etc. Are you jealous that they got merch and you didn't, Gav? I didn't get any merch. I, I'm, oh. I kept that, when I bought my Austin Allegro, he did throw in there's a whole new set of new carpet in the boot that I've got to put in because it's all threadbare. Uh, <laughs> but it did come with a cracked dashboard. Why did all the dashboards crack? But anyway, yeah. Uh, Mark Jackman says didn't even get a bow on my bonnet. If you watch what? our video, of course, we, we got the bow in the cover. Um, uh, Mark Smith says, I got a screen wipe with my Tesla. Oh, gosh. <laughs> better, than, screen better, than, wipe. better than Apple, I think, charges $30 for them. Uh, <laughs> and Clint says, merch was a hat, coffee mug, umbrella, and beach mat. Thanks, oh, Andrew nice. Sims. Now, Clint, I think if you're the Clint I'm thinking, we need to get you on the show next week because... So email me at richard.automediagroup.co.nz because if you're the right Clint, this clever man has been side-loading apps onto his BYD. Can't say I'd recommend it, but certainly interesting to see what you can do when you have an open platform like our Android running on your car. Oh, yeah. um, so while well, the rest of us wait, Clint's already got... Uh, uh, what, um, if it is the right Clint, what apps have you seen this person slide Waze on? and Spotify and a better route planner. Oh, so, okay. So it didn't come with Spotify. So so with the BYDs, they are... the the touchscreen is infotainment system is basically just an Android tablet. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's a good thing, and so yeah, theoretically, eventually, you'll be permitted to load uh, um, uh, apps uh, on there through a kind of BYD store that are Android based apps. Okay. okay. Uh, and as well, you'll get your Android Apple CarPlay and Apple or, uh, Android Android Auto and Apple CarPlay are loaded on. Um, Mark Smith says. Uh, what's the worst that could happen? Oh. And yes, I realise that, and maybe I need to backpedal a little and have a chat to my friends at BYD in New Zealand before we... <laughs> yeah, before we start. Let's <laughs> just edit this whole part out. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's live, Gavin. We can't edit it out. Everyone heard your semen joke live. <laughs> oh, gosh. Am I shaking the baby? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. I'm not Gavin, I'm Gavin's. I'm actually Gavin's <laughs> imposter twin. Mark Smith says it helped they used encryption keys from the examples book. <laughs> I don't want to know, and I'm going to just Whoa. take that away. Right. <laughs> so, uh, in summary, Australia, God knows what's happening. New Zealand, people complained about the pricing, but now everyone's going, New Zealand's really it. good. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so look, I'm sorry our Aussie friends who are watching are having to go through that. Look, the car is worth it. That's all I'll say. It, it, it reminds me of the situation back when I got when we got our uh, our MG is that we could have waited around for the subsidies. We everyone knew the subsidies were coming. No one knew when. 
uh, and it was a case of you could either wait and spend more money on petrol and miss out on driving an EV or just go ahead and deal with it. And in the end, we just dealt, we just went ahead and uh, didn't get the subsidy. Um, but how, how soon later did the subsidies come for you? Though? A year, six months, the next day? <laughs> a few months. A few months. But, okay. but, right. but the thing with that is I, I always argue with an EV is that you're almost just better off going for it. Again, look, oh, unless yeah. you can, unless you can guarantee it's going to arrive, you know, at a fixed point in time, um, in which case the dealership will probably just help you delay the delivery anyway. Yeah, then yeah. don't wait. No, and it's that's, the same that's... with this. It, it's the same with the speedway. Look, they, they're likely to fix that servicing price over there eventually. And there's all sorts of things you can do. You know, you don't actually, you've got some flexibility with servicing over there. Uh, but I think don't cancel. Just get your car and. It'll be right in the long run. You'll be glad for it. It, it is a really cool car. I really enjoyed driving it so far. The wife's enjoying driving it so far. Um, it's just, it, it's a real, it, the thing that strikes me every time I jump into that car is how premium it feels for the price. Uh, and that's the thing that, that kind of lingers. Um, and just its ability to do those miles is, is really good. Uh, I, I don't you know, know why spend, not, I haven't driven with you. <laughs> come, come on up and we'll chuck you in ours. Uh, I, um, uh, look, I spent the weekend in the and you know one hundred forty thousand dollar BMW EV, fantastic. But I did not feel like I was getting into anything poverty spec jumping back into the BYD, which I think says quite a lot. Um, right now, let's just answer the last couple of questions, and then I'm going to run because apparently the toddler is awake. Um, uh, song for guy one says have you tried the v2l yet and if so what is the maximum output i've heard it's more than the advertised 2.1 yeah i believe it's about three kilowatts um i think transit was saying in our first stream uh and uh no i haven't tried it yet it's still coming um uh song for guy one says uh, again says literally received my transit in notice on an hour ago that's great martin snee says serious question richard is the quality of the interior okay the interior of the quality of the interior is good. The choice of materials is probably what is causing people to have concerns. Um, for example, the the that muscle type material in there, I actually think it's quite a good material, I guess, and it probably absorbs sound and so forth. But yeah, it can look a little bit funny. The hard, the only place I've really been worried about the plastics though has been maybe the dumbbell air venter in the front. Everything else feels pretty decent. Um, and you're always going to end up with a bit of a balance there when you're going for those whites and those funny different colours as to whether things are going to uh, look uh, good or quality as opposed to just doing what MG did and just ch chucking black on everything which is always going to look pretty decently Boy. solid um, yeah, when, you've got, when you've got dogs, black and boring is good um, but no, I think the actual build of the vehicle is pretty darn good I saw someone online questioning the paint the other day. Um, I think the paint on our one is light years ahead of the paint on any Tesla I've ever seen. Um, so, and actually better than a lot of Korean stuff I've seen too. So I'm not sure what that whether we got a good car and someone got someone that, something that was made on a Friday afternoon. But yeah, I was uh, uh, pretty impressed. Um, Ross says uh, love the adaptive cruise, use it all the time. Uh, yeah, Martin says thanks, and Ned says, "I wonder if the servicing costs are high, uh, are that high to tune all those guitar strings." And I think I saw some the other day, mavingly jokingly, providing the notes that those guitar strings play. Um, I'll have to check that out. I do actually get I get my hands on one soon. I have cool. a date confirmed. Oh, awesome! And Trish Hudson says the door closing sound is pretty solid. Okay. And on that 
door closing bombshell we will end uh, thank you so much for joining uh, me gavin thank you so much for joining me everyone in the comment section uh, don't forget like share this uh and uh what i was just a lot of you are watching on facebook it sounds silly watched on youtube the quality is a bit higher the comments i think work a little better um not that i really care where you watch it we get the numbers no matter what but uh yep we will send out the uh with the on the youtube channel tomorrow the video of the road trip will launch it's a bit rough because i was literally as you saw took the vehicle jumped in the car and drove for 1500 kilometers uh so bear with me on that um i probably picked the wrong camera for the job but uh, it's still a cool video don't forget to go to gavin's youtube channel uh say that again uh, gavin your youtube channel just type in ecotricity yep and watch all the great videos that uh that he has going so thanks again everyone for joining us and uh we will see you this time or eight o'clock uh next tuesday